This is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at the Schuler Group with When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Several weeks ago, we were doing one of our bi-weekly strategy meetings with one of our corporate clients' leadership team. And what came out was how very overwhelmed and stressed they were. They were getting ready to head into their busiest quarter. And of course, this is after months and months of doing business differently because of COVID-19. What we heard from them ended up becoming pretty commonplace with most of our clients. And it was this phenomenon of every day feeling like they couldn't get to the things that were really important. They were constantly putting out fires, responding to emails, phone calls, unexpected Zoom meetings, along with, of course, regularly scheduled meetings. They felt like they were spending all day in their email, in their Slack channels, in their Teams accounts, and never getting anything done. We tried to introduce the concept of blocking out time to work on those important projects or that on the business kind of activity and task. Shutting off email and the phones during that time. But it's really hard when you have this concept or you feel like your clients and customers have this expectation that you are available, that you are there and ready to serve, that you are approachable, that you are responsive. As much as this modern world with all of its technology can serve us and be helpful for us, I think what happens is we end up becoming a slave to that very same technology that is supposed to free us up. Since we have our smartphones with our email on it, and our smartphones seem to live next to us all the time, then we are immediately accessible via email, or a phone call, or a text, or some other direct message, because we have this amazing technology right here in our phones. How many times has it happened to you? Because it has happened to me multiple times that someone sends me an email and within an hour, they call me to say, I sent you an email. Did you get it? Yes, I got it. I just don't respond with a knee-jerk reaction. And immediately, sometimes I'm doing other things. That expectation that we are always on really wears us down. So going back to the clients that I was talking about, and again, we were starting to see this across the board with almost every client. As an aside, I think part of that is the weariness of 
being in this constant crisis mode because of COVID and having to work differently. As I've said before, we cannot stay in that mode forever. There must be a coming out of that cycle and the rest versus the activity piece of the cycle. It was interesting to hear some of the resistance to our suggestion that they shut off email just for a little bit. I even suggested to another client that he only check email three times a day. And he almost fell out of his chair. And that excuse, that justification, that argument was, but if a client emails me and one of my company's core values is responsiveness, if I'm not in my email, then I can't be responsive. I had to remind him that if he were in a meeting, if he were on site at a client or virtually with a client, or he was giving a presentation, he wouldn't be checking email, he wouldn't be answering his phone. During those times, he was automatically unavailable. There's almost this sense of, well, but that's understandable, that's okay. But in these other situations, it's not. It's a rewiring and it's a retraining. We cannot be in crisis mode forever. When we're done with COVID-19, whenever that might be, we won't go back to normal the way it was before because everything has been changing and shifting and we will adjust to whatever the new normal is at that time. There will be some other new crisis, whether it's a global crisis or whether it's a micro crisis. As humans, we tend to do the knee-jerk reaction. We respond immediately. We have to get that email out of our inbox. We have to respond immediately. Take care of it now so that I don't forget. But then what that does is it always puts us in this heightened state of activity. It's as if the adrenaline is pumping and flowing all the time. That is not good for our bodies, for our psyches, for our emotional states. We have to put some things in place in order to break away from that always-on crisis mode. What would it look like if the very first thing you did when you went into the office, whether that's downstairs in your house or at the dining room table or actually at an office, what if the first thing you did was the most important thing for the day? You didn't check email. You didn't return phone calls. You did that most important thing on your list. 
even if you didn't get anything else on your list done that day, you would know that you got the most important thing done. Compare that to those days where, like our clients, you feel like you're doing nothing but responding to emails and you're on the phone and you're in these impromptu meetings and you get to the end of the day and not only have you not done everything on your to-do list, but you didn't even do the things that you deemed were the highest priority. What if you got one of those done and it was the most important one? That could carry you through the entire day and you'd have a feeling of success instead of a feeling of failure. And then what if you designated let's say three times a day for checking email. I really like two, but for people who are really addicted to their email, going from always on to twice a day could be a little bit too much of a jump. So here is a potential schedule for checking email three times a day, 9.30 to 10.30, 1230 to 1.30, 4 to 5. You can see that I'm designating an hour for that checking of email. It's not just checking, but it's responding. Also remember that we train people how to treat us. So if we respond within minutes almost consistently, then we are training people who reach out to us that we will respond instantly. And if we don't, that it could cause a problem because we have set their expectations. So not only set expectations appropriately and clearly, also follow them. Keep up your own expectations that you have established for how you interact with others. What's been interesting is over the last few weeks, my husband Mark and I have been watching a series on PBS called Hacking the Mind. And it's a fascinating show about how the the brain, the mind is wired how we are wired to respond. And it goes back to the amygdala and the lizard brain and how certain companies take advantage of how we are primitively wired and will probably respond. While the second, third, and fourth episodes get more into that, how other organizations and companies use that sometimes against us, The first episode was, I thought, much more meaningful from a global and personal perspective. They talked about slow and fast thinking. So fast thinking is we get the email, we get that spike in energy, we dash off a response, and it's done. Or 
you have a colleague that says, I really need to have a conversation with you. When can we meet? And of course, you start going into all these scenarios of why in the world your colleague wants to talk to you now. And you might react accordingly. That's fast thinking. It can come in handy, for example, when we're driving, especially a route that we know very well, and we see out of the corner of our eyes a car is going to swerve into our lane, and we make an immediately quick decision to avoid that car, hopefully without hitting any others. Comes in handy. But we cannot live our life in constant fast thinking. So in hacking your mind, they talk about having to deliberately slow down your thinking. Instead of responding immediately, pause. Think about it. Put your response and your answer on hold. I'm guilty of some of the things I've been saying our clients struggle with. I can get caught up in, but this has to be done now, and they just sent me an email, and somebody just left a voicemail, and I have to respond. And when I find I'm in that somewhat frantic, frenetic mode, and maybe there's a scheduled time where I have to get out of my office chair, maybe change the energy and go somewhere else. Or sometimes I'm even brilliant enough to decide that's a great time to go take a walk at the park. And suddenly I get perspective. And I realize this thing that felt so important is not really that much more important than anything else. And it can wait. It's not the end of the world that I didn't respond within seconds or that I didn't take action, or that I didn't make a decision. I can think about it. There was a decision I was grappling with the other day, and I thought, you know, I know what my, my fast-thinking lizard brain amygdala wants to do, but is that really the best course of action? So I actually scheduled a walk with Mark, and said, here's something I want to talk to you about. And I laid out the situation and my two options. And what he very calmly and logically suggested to me was the least reactive and the least knee-jerk and the fact that it's really not that big of a deal. And I was gobsmacked. Like, huh. Wow, I'd made it up to be this great, big, huge ordeal. And once I got out of my own space, changed the energy, got some physical exercise, which helps also, and talked it through with someone else, I got that perspective. Luckily, I was smart enough to know, maybe I don't have to make this decision immediately right now, and let me get someone else's perspective. So where can you implement 
more slow thinking versus fast thinking. And if you're interested in the series, Hacking Your Mind, I believe you can get it on Amazon Prime. It really is fascinating. And again, that first episode was eye-opening. The other ones are too, but that's that's a whole different theme and direction that they're taking that idea of our fast minds and fast thinking versus our slower thinking. What I hope you take away from this episode is one, where do you need to bring in slow thinking? Two, how much are you a slave to technology or other people's expectations that you've probably trained them to expect? And three, how can you set up your day, your schedule that serves you better, which in turn is going to serve the people that are your clients, your customers, your colleagues, maybe even your family. I hope you have found this episode helpful. I would love it if you could take a quick gander over to Apple Podcasts and leave your rating and review as that helps me reach even more people with hopefully thought-provoking episodes like this. Until next time, may you thrive.